Here it comes. It's Nashville Untold with Andrew Buckwalter, the podcast that interviews the most interesting and influential people making an impact on Nashville's business, charitable, and entertainment scenes. Joining us now from his roving camper studio, here's Andrew. Welcome to episode 56 of Nashville Untold, and thanks for tuning in. Today, I had the pleasure of hanging out with Rodney Smith. After graduating from college with a BA in broadcast communication, Rodney had dreams of being an on-air personality and had his eyes set on a future gig as a morning show host for Country Music Radio. He first completed two Radio Institute programs in Boston and Kentucky, run by the nation's top radio professionals. He earned a radio marketing license through each program. Rodney strives to bring a new style to country radio and break the stereotypes in the world. With a very good eye for fashion, he takes pride in his style and always dresses to impress. He recently did his first red carpet interview at the CMA Awards show. He has a podcast called Making Sense of Adulting and is working on projects with Netflix and doing other stuff in the, the media personality world. I am sure you enjoyed this combo with Rodney as much as I did. I think it's pretty cool to see how he is constantly swimming against the current of normalcy and breaking stereotypes. And it's not just because he has something to prove, but I believe it's because God has created his path for him. Now let's jump into the interview. Pretty cool. Hello, Nashville. Today I'm hanging out um, some random place beside the interstate with uh, <laughs> Rodney Smith. Um, we had to do a little detour from Centennial Park because... Uh, Car problems and motorcycle problems, tires and everything. <laughs> my goodness! But hey, we we got it worked out, yeah, man. So we, that, hey, thank God for good friends out there because right? she's been driving me around everywhere today. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So, uh, Rodney, give us a, a snippet of what are you chasing after these days? Man, I um, I was chasing after the entertainment space. I mean, like anybody else in Nashville, I wanted to be in the entertainment um, industry but i wanted to be a host of some sort whether that be radio or television and i decided to make the radio move but have quickly learned that i just want to be a media personality mm. um, so that's what i'm chasing now is to be a media personality um hosting um you know shows all sorts of things i just, I just want to be a personality that can do it all yeah yeah well it's crazy just thinking of like 20 30 years ago it's like radio mm -hmm. or tv now you got so many channels with yeah. social media and radio, and I mean, it's it's endless, you know. Mm -hmm. um, all right, so let's start out. Um, let's go back to some of the youngest memories you can recall. Uh, how do you think your childhood environment began to shape you as a person? Um, I think it did everything to shape me with who I am now. I think because I grew up um, in a different space. Uh, when people see when people see that I'm in country music and they see the way that I dress, they're like, "Oh, so you must have grew up on a farm, or you must have grew up in, in like in the country." And I'm like, "Well, no, I grew up in a very um, ghetto community. I grew up around rap, hip hop. Like country is just so new. Um, so like at the at the beginning of when I was a, a kid, it was like my figure myself out phase, but it was also me trying to stick, trying to fit in." I think that that's what the issue was, is that being in a kind of a ghetto community and being African-American, it was more so like you have to be this certain something to be as cool as all the others. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, it was like, OK, so let me go roll with 
the gang members to go play basketball with them so I can just keep up and let me dress the way that they dress so I can be as cool as them. And then I just started to realize that that just wasn't me. You know, I was a big theater kid and I fell in love with theater. But to everybody else, I was like, oh, you're weird. You're gay. Like, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, that's so I guess I can't do theater. But, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of stuck with it. Um, and then kind of transitioning, I went into soccer. I started playing soccer and I realized out of all the other sports, I was amazing at soccer. Okay. And everybody was just like, oh, that's a Mexican sport. You can't play that. And I was like, huh, more judgment. You know, so then that's why as time went on, I started to realize that I wasn't trying to be like everybody else. Like it was like all the things that I was passionate about were things that were looked at as weird or different. Mm-hmm. Um, so then kind of moving along to, to high school, my parents, I was always like a nerd, you know, like I, I was uh, I never partied, I never drank, I didn't do any of that. Like I was how, so in the books. How about your teen years? Like, well, high school was kind of teens, yeah. preteen, like. Or is that when you started doing soccer at a young age? Yeah, I did soccer as a, like as a child. Like I think How? about four years old. Were you? Okay. I was playing soccer, okay. and then that's I just knew like, because you know little four year olds are supposed to because they're they're cute exactly. out there just kicking the ball around. <laughs> but see, right? to, yeah, but you know at that age when you have a cute four year old or you have a really talented four year old, it's right. like okay, wait a second, like this might be his sport. Right, right. And I think right. my parents realized that early on, kind of like with my sister. My sister's yeah. like a basketball star, and but she played everything. But you know, six foot. In eighth grade, like everybody's like, you're gonna be a in basketball grade, star. Wow. You know, like my parents were like, you're gonna be a basketball star, and that's what you're gonna stick with because that's what she was passionate about. So yeah, my preteen years, like, it was a big figuring out stage, and it was also like battling stereotypes. Yeah, but yeah. at a at a in a youthful mindset, like you had to really challenge yourself at youth to tell yourself that you were different and different was okay. So how did your parents come into play with that? Even in, it's funny, I was thinking, um, so I got three boys mm-hmm. and uh, one's in wrestling, they've done track, the youngest boy, he's the first one doing soccer. Yeah, He's really liking it. <laughs> um, and so I'm thinking, all right, ways to help him practice, you mm-hmm. know, being home. But at days, like say summer's coming up and pretty much stuff's done. And guess what happens? They get into trouble. Yeah. As in th- uh, the two older are like at each other. And it made me think when I saw that, I'm like, man, this is a perfect example of why actually it is good to keep kids involved because mm-hmm. idle minds, you know, whatever the saying is, cause trouble, you know. So at, what did your parents, what were they doing? Obviously, in that environment, you know, you could have gone a different route, you know. Um, is that one of the reasons why they helped you focus on soccer or, you know, what were they doing to help? impact you, you know? I think my parents were put to the challenge I think like any other parent um, when your kid is looked at as different it puts you um, up on a pedestal of what am I gonna do um, so I think like the biggest challenge uh, was for me was you know like yeah I was getting like oh he's gay and, like uh, my puberty was just took a long fucking time <laughs> so so uh, my parents were always you know I was getting bullied and every day that I came home it was like oh like what happened this time? Mm. What happened this time? Wow. And, you know, my cha- my parents were challenged. And then for my sister, uh, I like to add in this because yeah, yeah. we're super family oriented. Well, and I was going to add close. something about her later, but oh, we, okay. we'll talk more about the basketball later. Yeah. But, yeah, but yeah. so like my sister, um, you know, she was also trying to pave her way. Like she loved basketball, but she didn't want to be um, a straight mm-hmm. basketball player. Like she was she 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 knew that she wanted to dress in my clothes. And she wanted to play basketball and she liked like more of like the masculine look. Mm -hmm, Right. mm -hmm. So I think tying back to it, my parents were put to a challenge early. Like this is what my kids are passionate about. Right. And this is what I'm going to support them and do. So 
they kind of help, which is kind of different from a lot of other parents. You know, like some people don't handle that very, very right, well. Right. My parents took it head on and they were like, you like soccer? So let's put you in soccer year round. You right. know, like so when school was happening, I was playing soccer. When the summer was happening, I was playing AAU soccer. And then in the fall, I was doing both. You know, my parents kept it like, if this is what you're passionate about, this is where we're going to put you in. Right. And it was the same thing for um, theater. Like, I was doing theater in high school. Once the summer came around, my parents were, like, sending me to do auditions for Disney Channel, Nickelodeon. Like, my parents were always those ones that were like, if this is what you're passionate about, this is what you're going to go out there and freaking right. do. And you were in San Antonio? Yes, yeah, so we were in San Antonio, right? Texas. Um, so, and, and then that's what it was. So, I mean, my parents played a big role in allowing me to be who I wanted to be, and I think that's gotten me as far as where yeah, I am now. Yeah. Just giving you a lot of freedom and yes, guidance. Exactly. Right? That's pretty freedom cool. freedom in a way though, because they were strict parents. Right. We did not party in high school. Right. We did right. not drink, smoke, nothing. None of that in high school. Like my parents were strict. They were like, You're gonna be uh, sports oriented and you're gonna be in the books. But it wasn't like they forced that on me. They just said, I think this is the smartest right, path right, for you. Right. Um and, and I'm assuming, you know, the the thing I catch myself with with my oldest is is like being there to, you know, have good conversations so it keeps the, the gate open, but at the same time, being able to provide a lot of perspective, exactly. right? Because, you know, it's like sometimes, you know, kids just w- want to run, you know, full steam ahead. And you're like, hey, slow down. Let's, you know, like my oldest guy, he was not doing as great in some of his uh, honors classes. And it's like, look, I was average. I don't care. I mean, you know, I'm not going to beat you up if you get a C. Yeah. But, you're also if you you're not in honors you got all your friends here so like if you don't want to study and stay in honors like you know the consequences you're going to be in other classes is that what you want you know and it took him a minute you know pride set in some of his answers and mm-hmm. then he reality was like um yeah you know so he knew it's like all right if i want to be around this crowd and um then i'm gonna have to work harder you exactly. know so perspective you know exactly um that's cool that's cool i mean it sounds like you had some great parents that amazing parents blessed yeah, blessed yeah. very 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 blessed for the that's parents cool. that I was given did you you think you had like a a natural rebellion to go against the norm even though you you kind of had this this you know this natural bent but you also had the norm that was probably pulling you and i wonder if that that pull kind of pushed you you know what i'm saying yeah um i wouldn't say i was going against the norm i kind of was just <clears throat> like i said just doing what made me happy well, when yeah. I say norm, I mean what everybody else expected. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So like everybody, so like to everybody else, it was supposed to be playing basketball, we're supposed to be playing football, mm-hmm. you know. And it wasn't like if I was able to do that, <laughs> I probably would have did it. But uh, I knew, I knew my limits, and I knew I probably couldn't do it. So there was no point of trying to chase that to be cool, mm-hmm. and then probably getting freaking hurt and 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 smacked. So, so here's a good podcast thought. I don't know how the the, the word would be, but breaking stereotypes exactly or something yes you know yes that'd be cool and i think that i mean if if i look at my career up till now that is exactly what i would define it as is breaking stereotypes yeah yeah there you go there's another what's your what's your podcast called making sense of adulting okay (laughs) all right so so what trouble did you get into if any during your high school years uh what was experience like did your parents think you were a handful Again, you've answered some of these questions. And what was your plan after graduation? Trouble that I got into. I think a lot of the trouble that I got into was based off of uh, the personality traits who have also shaped me to be who I am today, which is like super argumentative, Mm -hmm. um, always uh, having to get the last word. Uh, I was never a trouble student as in like I went to go do physical stuff that got me in trouble. It was more so just my mouth that Mm -hmm. got me in trouble. And that was 
at school and at home. So, and that was something that I also had to learn as I got older and I'm still learning because, you know, as you adult, your mouth goes into a different direction that's uh, not beneficial towards mm -hmm. like your spouse or, you know, older people that you talk mm -hmm. to. So <laughs> either way. So I'm laughing because I'm like, I'm going to take this clip and let my 14 year old, you see, this is what I'm telling you. This is a, a guy that's adulting. And if you don't control it now, it's going to bleed into yeah, your, you it, know. It definitely, it I mean, which we all deal with that. Everybody I mean, I deal yeah. with that in my my marriage. You know, it's yeah. like uh, just like I'm like you know, if I can actually be not that I would want to be mute, but like if I could do a switch, like going all right for a week. Yeah, it would be helpful. It is beneficial because you know? yeah, I was really mouthy with my parents. I was really mouthy with teachers, um, uh, principals, and and I, I know it. And then looking back on it, it was just like yeah, like you did this to yourself, you know. But everything is a learning. But I feel like it's because I love to talk. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. yeah, that's kind of shaped me to the career that mm -hmm. I am in now. It's just like I've always loved to talk. I always loved to get a word in. I always want to just be heard. And I think that's mm -hmm. that was my getting in trouble mm -hmm. was just mm -hmm. wanting to talk, <laughs> which paved my way into to like this is where I want to be for my career. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that, I've been laughing because I'm like that sounds a lot like my older, older <laughs> one. Um, so uh, as you're approaching, you know, graduation, what are you thinking? What's your plans? My plan was to chase my dream. And was and it was it was to go be something, and I knew I wanted to go play soccer in college. Uh, my my family was very sports heavy, so I was like, let me. I, I want to go play soccer. It's what I was passionate about. Mm -hmm. um, but I wanted to leave Texas. I wanted to move away from my parents because I did. I wanted to adult on my own. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, homesick and all that was a thing. I'm super family oriented, but right. I knew if I wanted to better prepare myself for the future and to be able to be out there on my own, that I needed to get away from what I was used to and mm -hmm. what was going to be there always. Mm -hmm. So I looked for every school that was outside of Texas. I got accepted to so many soccer schools in Texas, but I was like, this is it for me. Like I need, mm -hmm. I need to go. So my plan was to always go and chase, um, being different. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody wants to stay home because they want to be close to their family. Right. I was the complete opposite. I was like, I need to get the hell well, out of here. Well, many do. Yeah. yeah I yeah. wanted to get out. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. For, yeah. Uh, for other reasons. But yeah. yeah. I, I wanted to go and I wanted to do this adulting thing on my own. I wanted to figure things out on my own before going to my mom mm -hmm. and dad. Mm -hmm. So my plan after after high school was to get away. And that's exactly what I did. I, all the, I went all the way to Kansas okay. uh, to play soccer. And um, then I quickly realized that soccer was not what I wanted to do. I was supposed to go to Ohio State sophomore year to play soccer, and I denied it because I didn't. I wasn't. I didn't want to be full time soccer. You know, I was. I was so passionate about the entertainment industry, right. and I, I knew what I wanted to do since high school. I was like, I want to be in the media space. I. I, I talk. I, I want to be. You know, a theater kid. I was like, I want to be dram dramatic. I want to be. I want to be out there. So. Soccer wasn't going to do that. Mm -hmm. Soccer is just like a full-time job in sports. And, you know, if you lose that passion for it, then you're not going to perform at your best. So sophomore year is when I realized that I wanted to do entertainment. So I stayed at that same school, got my broadcasting communications degree, and then I chased more radio. So how was the uh, the parents' feedback on your decision to uh, that's the, stop it? That's the best thing about this story is that my parents were all for the media. Right. Okay. They were all for going me going into the entertainment space. They knew that's what I wanted to do. They they felt like that was my my path. But when I told them that I wanted to do country music, that's when they got <laughs> super doubtful. Uh, and that's coming from like uh, you know, a, 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 it's an industry that was very very difficult at the time, right? Especially right. for a black person, right? Like, 
when I told them I wanted to do country music, they was just, are you sure? Like, the don't don't limit your options. And, you know, if a pop station or hip hop comes around, like, don't reject it, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, I get it. But I, my passion is in country music. Right. I, I started two-stepping in sophomore year of college. Right. I mean, you were, you you know, you were in Texas. Yeah, so exactly. Obviously, there was. I just wasn't in. That's what I'm saying. So, like, people think because I'm from Texas, it's just like, oh, you were only right. in the country. Right, right, right. But right. the area that I was in, I grew up around hip hop and rap. Right. You know, my well, parents I, only used listen to hip hop. Yeah. Nobody in my family listens to country music. Not right. one person in our family right. listens to country. Right. Right. So they're like, they're like, where is this country music coming from? Right. But it shaped because I love dancing. When I when I first got taken to the dance hall, I fell in love with two stepping. And I was like, I started to go every week. So when people were going out to the club and partying, mm-hmm. I was going to the dance halls and just wanted to learn how to dance. And that's when I started to listen to country music so often. It was like, this is like, this is beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's when I really started to learn about country music. So then senior year of college, when I was looking at like, if I do I want to go to radio or television, I was like, I, I do want to do radio. It's more personal. It's more of a, it's more of a story, right? Rather than scripted TV. And then it was like, okay, but what music do I want to talk about? And it only made sense that if I want to talk about what I'm passionate about, it had to be country music. Right. So then my parents were just like, I mean, are you sure? And I'm just like, I I promise you this is what I want to do. Like this is so no no pushback dropping. No pushback. uh, Soccer college though too, because that's where I'm like, I was stuck there. No, no, there was no no, no, just go if that if that's well and I and I I think that's I mean, again, it it would I would kind of expect that answer with what you have already said about your parents, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I do think it'd be interesting to see in parents, you know, how often kids change their majors. Yeah. And yet, if someone is, you know, has a scholarship or whatever in a sport, you got to wonder if there's more pressure to pursue that full time. But yet, there's no problem changing a major, it, which it could be the same thing, right? Because yeah. you're going to college for soccer. But now you're like, no, I'm actually going to college for this. You know, does that kind of make sense? It ties hand know. in hand, though. I mean, most most times if you go to a school for a scholarship and they have your major as well, you get the choice. Yeah, you know, yeah, by yeah. like senior year, you get the choices of you're not, if you know you're realis- realistically not good enough right. to go pro, then you're, that's when you start doubling See, man, importance no, but, on your major. But think about it, you could have stuck with it, gone to Ohio State. Now you still could have moved to Nashville and played for the. National Soccer League, right? That's true. <laughs> but I also could have did that without going to Ohio State because I had an odd, I had a okay, tryout. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> it's just about like how like how passionate about what you want. And did you like you Kansas? Go out there and get it. Kansas, yeah. It was cool. What was the what was the city? What were you around? Leavenworth, Leavenworth, Kansas. Is that where's that by? Like it's probably like 50, 20 minutes from downtown, Kansas City. Okay, yeah, okay. So, so you were close. Yeah. Nice little area. Um. All right. So what did Independence look like for you? How'd you like it? And I guess I guess I'd tie that to kind of college you know like thoughts on that it was it was exactly what i wanted it to be it was going out into the real world on my own and figuring things out for myself um and it was experimental you know like that's the stuff a lot of people don't like to talk about in college but i was experimenting drugs drinking like i was so new you to did it. that in college <laughs> dude that's terrible so man I mean, but it's like it's and you just... were such a good kid in high school why would you do that <laughs> it's it is it's just so <laughs> funny like it, and it was the most fun that i had with that was going back and telling my parents because we're so <clears throat> open i'm so like i'm telling you my parents know everything about me like to the t Good though. All right, so uh, let's talk about a few people that have had a big impact in your life, um, and how were they impactful? Just anybody. Anybody in it could be. I mean, obviously, I know your parents have had a big impact, but yeah, aside, them or aside, else? aside from family, I'm gonna say my broadcasting professor 
was a really, really big part of it. Um, and that's because she let me come back to that school after I transferred for soccer. Okay. So I transferred sophomore year, first semester, to go play soccer, won a national championship, and then transferred back to the same school because I did not want to go play soccer at Ohio State. And she found everything. She mm. did ev- her and my um, mentor did everything in their power to get me back to that school. Same scholarship, same everything. Because I had a wow. really, really good scholarship to play soccer there. Um, so and, you actually went to Ohio State? No, 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 oh, no, okay, no, no, okay. no. I went to this was a UHV in okay. Texas. Okay. Yeah. So this is when I came back to Texas for one semester, oh, okay. won a national championship, and then was like, this is not, I don't want to play. Like, soccer was just not that passionate for me. Yeah, so I yeah. dipped back out, and they did everything in their power to get me back to the school, and then I graduated with a broadcasting degree. So they were very, 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 very important mm. to that. Um, there's another lady named Taylor Ann, and she, oh, my God. Like, she, when you talk about why I'm, in, I'm here in Nashville, Tennessee, it's because of her and the dude I was just on the phone with, Junie Riddle, because of him. Those are the two most impactful people who have got me to this point right now. And it's because I did a radio institute. Uh, it's a 10-day program where you meet with all the top broadcasters in the world, mm-hmm. right? And they only accept 20 people out of, like, a, a, a billion, okay. right? And I got the scholarship for it. I went to, I went to Boston, and I learned how to do radio. Oh, fun. Yeah, yeah. I learned how to do radio, but she knew that I wanted to do country music, and Boston was not big for country music. So she gave me a scholarship. Again, right? Again, didn't have to go to the program. I'd like I had she gave me a scholarship again to go down to Kentucky, and that's when I went to the Institute of Kentucky. And this time, I knew everything that I needed to do to get a job. How were you? How long were you in Boston? Uh, it's a ten-day program. Oh, okay. So it's so just short. just ten days. Yeah, yeah ten Did days. You get to have fun there? No, 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 no. Oh, it was okay. it was strictly just business. So so imagine you know post post grad uh-huh. is like everybody's you know if you're not doing a big major like nursing or something that where you have a guaranteed job after college, then it's like, what do I do now? Mm-hmm. You know? So that was, that, that was what it was for me. I graduated all oh, happy hooray. And then it was like, okay, so now what, I, what do I do to get into the entertainment space? Mm-hmm. And then my broadcasting teacher showed me this random Institute. She was like, I think you should sign up for this. Signed up, not knowing anything about radio. I didn't know what a radio demo was, not an air check. I didn't know anything, scripts, none of that stuff. Right. Signed up and somehow got in. Right. So then I did the one in Boston, 10 days, drove back to Kansas, started working a little bit. They called me up and said, hey, we want you to do the one in Kentucky. We'll give you the scholarship again. We want you. We know you want to do country music. And that one's closer to Nashville. So then I was start. I worked for two months, doubles after doubles after doubles, just to save up to prepare mm-hmm. for this to go do it again. Um, and then this time when I got accepted, I packed up all my stuff from college. I said, I'm not coming back. Mm. This is where I went to school for four years, right? I'm going to go find an opportunity. If worst came to worst, I was going to go towards to D.C. and live with my dad's side of the family because that's where his side of the okay. family is from. So I didn't have a plan, but it was like that's where I was just going to drop myself off and restart it all over again. So I went to Kentucky, again, another 10-day institute. And I'm doing this, I'm doing this like everything, networking, blah, blah, blah. How do I get a job, yada, yada, yada. Nothing's really popping, right? So we take a field trip down to Nashville. Mind you, I did not know what Nashville was. Okay, I, never I, like, been there? Never been there, didn't know what the hell Nashville was, right? We took this field trip down to Nashville. They're showing us around. We go to the radio station. I'm looking at everything country music all over the town, and I'm like, why have I never heard of this? You place? didn't even know Nashville. Well, I, mean, I didn't know anything of t- Tennessee, <clears throat> wow. Nashville. Okay. Like I was Texas, Midwest, yeah, that's true. and that's it. 
So I'm just like, yo, this is crazy, right? So we, we're, we're going to talk to the radio station, and they're, they're answering questions. Everybody's talking about radio, blah, blah, blah. And I just remember myself raising my hand and saying, I get you guys are talking about jobs, but how the hell do we get a job? I literally said exactly like that. How the hell do we get a job? Mm-hmm. And she started laughing and she was like, I'm going to talk to you after this. Mm. Right. So then she comes to talk to me and she's like, what do you want to do? What are you passionate about? Yada, yada. I'm telling her, I'm like, hey, look, <clears throat> I've did this institute before. I know what I want. I want to get my foot in the door. How do I do it? Blah, blah, blah. Start us off in promotions. Then I got an interview for promotions. Now, keep it, this is where the, the, the story gets really, really cool. This is my favorite story to tell. Um, so it's a 10 day institute. We're on the, the uh, eighth day. Took that field trip. Went back up to Kentucky. This is where my tran- my transmission blows out okay. of my car. Right, the same car you have. The same car I have now. I'm in the middle of Kentucky, not knowing anybody. Don't know anybody from the program. I travel over here with everything in my car, and my transmission blows out. Right. So then the ninth day, they're like, "Hey, we want to give you an interview in Nashville." I'm like, "How the hell am I going to get down there?" So mm-hmm. I'm looking at buses. I'm running out of money because, like, I'm off of two months of doubles of working. So I like mm. my money's just running very, very low. So this random guy, the one I was on the phone with, who's now mm. one of my best friends, was just like, hey, I'll take you down and I'll skip I'll skip the institute today just to take you down to this interview because this is big. Go down there while I'm on the interview, call me the next day and I get the job. This is the 10th day of the institute. Wow. So now it's like, again, hooray, congratulations, you, you graduated the institute. And to me, it's like, I'm in the middle of nowhere, no mm. car, no place to stay now that the institute is over because you can't stay at the school. And now I'm panicking. Everybody else is having fun. Right. You know? But you already got a job. I got the job in Nashville. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, that's a good start. <clears throat> so then the next two days, I sleep in my car. Like, I'm like in a random fucking park. I have to take stuff out of it, put it in the trunk, and I'm sleeping in my car because, like, and the, my, my parents were just like, you need to come home. And I said, no, 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 no. I figured it out. Right. Well, you, and you didn't even know that's what a lot of people that come to Nashville do anyway. Right? Yeah, it, but right? see, but they come here for you know right, what I'm saying? Right, it, right. it kind of landed in my lap, and I was like, oh shit, Nashville, right? right? And my parents were like, no, you got to come home. Like this is this is scary. Like you're in the middle of nowhere. Blah blah blah. I said, no, I'll figure it out. You know, this, this is the part of like me. I'm chasing a dream. Right, like, right. There's no way I'm gonna give this up for anything. Right. right. So then the random dude again. It's like, hey, I'm leaving for a month. Here's the keys to my house. Just stay on my couch until you get things figured out. And uh-huh. I'm like, this random guy, barely know his the same, name. Well, same the guy? Same or, guy. Okay. Yeah. Barely know his name, barely know anything about him. He's just like, here, take, yeah. my, take my keys, stay in my house until you figure things out. I'm living off of peanut butter jelly sandwiches, cookout, anything that I can. I'm having friends come into town just to keep me company. Like, I'm scraping the barrel. When are you barrel. supposed to start this job? In I had no way to get uh, down there, so that I was just So like, you basically was, told them, I Yeah, can't. it was just a waiting period, okay. and then... Once I got, so I had to drop $6,000 to get my car fixed. Wow. So that got, yeah. The transmission? The transmission, yeah. What? Dude, did yeah. you get ripped off a uh, Probably, bit? but at that point, it was just like, we don't know what the hell to do. <laughs> right? So we dropped the 6000 My car's up and running. Now, stage two of figuring out my life. I had to go down to Nashville, but figure out how, where am I going to live? Right. You know? So it's like, I'm on Facebook market, like, uh, marketplace, mm-hmm. and I'm just finding a place, like, Oh, like I don't have a lot of money, blah blah blah. Like, where can I go? And the first person that reached out is the same place that I'm still living right now. Okay. And he, I told him, I pulled him to the side, and I was like, "Hey, like, I appreciate you getting back to me." He was like, "But the security deposit, like, I don't have the money for it right now, you know." And he's another person that's kind of like beneficial mm-hmm. uh, to me. But he uh, ended up paying that security deposit instead of just paying back later. Yeah. Right. So this is when stuff started really working out, and I uh, then I moved down to Nashville, and then I got started working. 
I started serving at the first job that I reached out to. They were just like, yep. And I was like, I have experience. And they were like, yep, just come serve. Right? Yeah. Just that easy. Right, so right, I started right. serving. Um, and then that's when stuff started started getting in motion. And then I got right. I started to just grind the radio business. Yeah. Like, I was staying up to three o'clock in the morning, making air checks after air checks and sending it all around the world of just mm-hmm. people that I've already met before. And just, hey, like, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? And just staying up and up and up and up. And then after that first four months, I got put on air that fast. And that's really rare for people that, you know, I come from where I have no radio experience. I I go to a school that had a radio station. Like I literally learned everything on my own. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I got put on air in four months and everybody's just like, holy, like, holy crap. Right. So then I started doing, started doing the little radio thing and that was it. So uh, shout out favorite local restaurant and favorite nonprofit. My favorite nonprofit. Ooh. Locally? Or not. Not the, the our soccer program back home in San Antonio. Okay. Yeah. We have um they have a they have a separate non so we have like a I don't know how to explain it. It's an amusement park for special ed kids. Okay. And I know our soccer team used to always go work over there for them. So that's yeah. like my one of my favorite one of my favorite things to have done. What's it called? Oh my god. Yeah, I'll, we'll look it up. Later. Yeah, they changed the name. Yeah, so many damn times, and I haven't been back home since yeah. like 2015. So, so I barely know what they do in San Antonio anymore. And then local restaurant, I'm gonna keep it Texas and say Waterburger. Now that we got it, okay, okay. <laughs> oh goodness gracious, overmarketed place. <laughs> it opened in uh in Hermitage. Yeah, and that's I'm the only like, one. there's no way. I would wait in a line for two hours for a burger. You go inside. Now, you know, I was born, I I lived in Texas for like four years and from South Arkansas. So, you know, I I hit it up a few times, but I'm just like, that is marketing. It's it's a good burger. When you're from Texas, it is is religious. (laughs) It is religious. I like Brahms. I mean, Brahms was heard. I've heard about that. Yeah, it's it's really good. All right, so... um, all right, let's shift gears into what you have going on now, which you kind of, I think you good good transition. You led us up to that point. Um, how would you explain what you're currently into? Even though, yeah, you are doing some other stuff too. What I'm doing now is exactly where I want to be starting out. Um, I am fairly young. I'm 24 years old, Okay, right, for this industry. And I don't have a lot of friends that are 25 and under in mm-hmm. this industry. You know, like it's such a patient industry tenure town as they say and to get thrown at it under what three two and a half years and now i'm here in a good spot it's just it's crazy crazy to see but currently right now i am a media personality i work for made in network they are one of the fastest growing entertainment companies right now and they partner with all these so basically what made in network is is they are the digital entertainment company that everybody comes to for content so like if spotify were to come to made in network and say hey we need a nine episode series of artists cooking made in network makes it makes it happen they go find the people audio video everything they they have multiple teams in this one company okay i represent the creative side um the creative and talent producing personality side so um Recently, the ACM Awards uh, mm-hmm. in Vegas, I was on the red carpet doing the interviews for it. And then, like, Amazon's Artist to Watch in 2022, I did the interviews for those as well. So, so how was the how was that, the first red carpet interview? Oh, my God. It was... Were you giddy? Like, do you get nervous? Or are you good now? Or I, like... You know what? You know what they say is that when your time comes, you know 
to to buckle down and just right. get it done, right? This is two years in the making that I've been prepared for this. So as soon as they asked me to do it, not only did I do it, but I skyrocketed so far past what they thought they were getting. And that's the reason why they signed me full time to a job. Um, but that experience was just like, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. This is where mm-hmm. I deserve to be. And I'm going to show you exactly why I deserve to be here. Right. So and that's what came out of it from the outfits to to what I had to offer to the knowledge. You know, it's just different. Right. It's, when right. you know what you're doing, it was just it made it so much easier and relaxful. Like I was it's just it was flowing. I was just flowing. Cause, well, and it's funny, too, because I think about obviously a lot of this has to do with the on air personality. Yeah. Your personality is you. Yeah. You, you, that is who you are. Right. You can't. I mean, you can change it, but. It seems to me that like you just have an exciting, energetic personality, so it naturally comes to yeah. you. You know what I mean? Where exactly. some other people might be a little dull, and they have to bring a different. All right, we got to switch gears. I got to go to this person that I'm not always exactly. Whereas you probably it's just have natural. This. Yeah, just, it's just yeah. really natural. And I told everybody from the jump, I was like, I didn't have the skill to be in the entertainment space, but I had the personality, right. which to is be more in important, it. probably. Exactly, because you can you learn could, all the other exactly. stuff. Exactly, you could teach. You can teach the skill. You can't teach a personality. Right. Um, so, yeah, currently I'm with Made in Network doing so many big projects. Or you delegate other skill stuff that you really don't want to learn. Exactly. To, right? <laughs> but we got so many big projects coming up. I'm about to be in my first Wayfair commercial for okay. furniture. Uh, we got CMA Fest coming up, and I'll be with Amazon Music doing more interviews, but with yeah. the fans this time. Um, big Machine is, well, is about to do yeah. um, a project with us as well. So it's just this is – it's it's so fast, but it's so – when they say like, you know, you love a job when it doesn't feel like a job. Like this is exactly what it is now because I'm technically on the clock right, right. now, okay. but I'm here doing a podcast okay. with you. Yeah, you know, so it's like it's it's way more relaxed right. at this job because when it's remote entertainment, it's when you have a project, get it done, right? When if you get it done early, you have the whole week to yourself. So like, so say a, a big machine if you can say what you're going to do with them. Like, what does that entail? They come they come to your group and they say. It's it's there. They'll probably give us the creative freedom to be like, hey, we want to do a project with our artists. What do you have in mind? And then we write up a deck of a full of ideas that like, hey, maybe we can drive around in this in, the, in a podcast booth and just get them, you know, right. on behind a mic. Or we can do social media projects where we're doing stuff for their social media or we can do like a fashion runway. We just basically put a right. deck together of all these crazy projects and figure out how to do them. And um, what's going to get the most traction. Exactly elevate the artist yeah. or something like Cause that because made a network every every platform that they do they get a gazillion streams so like if we were to tell an artist to come onto our project <clears throat> we're guaranteeing them like a million people watching a million views like uh, five hundred thousand views like it's guaranteed because they've already built their foundation mm-hmm. so what mm-hmm. i became a part of is an already equipped business, and now I'm just adding my own flair. Like they don't just add anyone to this company. So right, like, right. That's right. why I really praise it for being so young, because it's just like they see something at me at 24. Imagine at 28, mm-hmm. right? Like, like I'm so so determined to make it in this space because of everything that I've had to battle and everything that's still getting battled as far as mm-hmm. country music. That makes me want to continue to drive harder and harder and harder. Right. So right now. You know, I'm with Made in Network. I got a podcast. That's what we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. I just became an influencer. That's very, very new to me. Um, figuring out the TikTok um, right. game, but that kind of popped off for me. So I became like a full-time influencer a little bit. And um, those are, and then I, I, I own a dance group out here. And okay. then I do hosting. 
So like I like things have just quickly took a quick turnaround. Right. To the point where if, if you want to if you want a term for everything that I'm doing, it's just a media personality. Okay. I guess the easiest one. Right. And there's right, so many right. subtopics. Yeah, yeah. But it's just a media personality because it's just hard to sit here and explain everything right. that I do. Like right. I literally DJ too for, yeah. for places around town. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. All right. So now let's chat music. Why country? What drove me to country was dancing. Okay. Uh, now it was definitely dancing is what did it, and then but the sound of music, I think is my number one on why music, is a is just a beautiful. It's it's funny because I tell people all the time like my love language is is music, mm-hmm. sending music like you show me a song that you like why like, that's intriguing, um, but the sound of music. As a dancer, like you listen for beats, you listen for sound. Like when you're flowing and doing moves, it's like you want to do it to a to a beat, to a sound. So that's why I, and I love dancing. Like you like newer country or older country? Both, both like country. both. Like I've educated myself in both because you mm-hmm. need to be aware. Just right. you have people that think you know it's just right. oh, you're just modern day because you're young. Blah blah blah. Um, but yeah, the sound of of music, um, because I listen. To my second, believe it or not, my second most listened to genre is latin music okay and that's really my san antonio like background like bachata cumbia like that's good dance yeah exactly and it's all dancing music it all ties back into dancing have you been to um uh dancing in the park Mm -mm. with centennial park so Mm -mm. they have uh big it's called big band dance every week right and it's different dances yeah Yeah, swing cha-cha and all that stuff so my wife and i we took ballroom dancing Mm -hmm. in college we did the waltz for our uh our wedding night um, but yeah, we'd go do the basic swing stuff, and I could see you really liking. Oh that, no, no, you know no, no. we mean? went. Like, I think we went last, uh, or not last summer, but a couple summers okay. like, back. Yeah, then, when they had whenever it they did they... the country swing, I never went out there for like the Spanish because I wasn't like up there, up there yet. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's what drove me to music is just being around. Well, country music, just being around it, but dancing to it is what really made me fall in love with country music, and then being able to learn, and then the thought of just being different. Yeah, like, that was another thing. Like, of course, nowadays black people in country music is is starting to really like mm-hmm. turn up but like back in the day like that was just unheard of mm-hmm. uh, you know just the reactions that i got from teachers saying like i don't think you should do country music or my parents being like are you sure you want to do that or people like why are you wearing boots you know like that just that right, doubt right. is what sparked this other fire I me mean, that was like i want to go do it just because you said i can't do right, it right you know right, but it right. also it also wasn't something that i wanted to do just because i wanted to be in the limelight right. it was that I'm really <laughs> passionate about country music, and let me let me sit here and tell you why. Right, right. You know, so like, I, it's it's funny when you talk about breaking stereotypes. Yeah, walking around, you know, dressed up like this creates such a such a. Which I mean, image. today you're pretty normal. Yeah, this I is, mean, this you, you don't have your out, you know more the with all the, the stress cool that I have outfit. going on yeah. this morning. You're not gonna see me in a good outfit today. Uh, but yeah, just the the conversation that starts with people if you're out downtown and you got the boots on and you just seem so much more approachable. Yeah, and people are when you look different. And it's and it's weird, but and it's to some people it's like that's effed up stereotype, but to others it's like why not just embrace it? Right, right. You know, like well, em- it's, it's embrace a, it. It's almost like you you kind of had your your bent um, of what you like, and then do you need to? No, you're good. Okay, um, but then it was like because of the you know breaking stereotypes, it was almost fuel to your passion. Yes, exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. You know? That's exactly um, what I did. Yeah, that's pretty cool. All right, so, all right, now let's talk style. Um, where did you get it, and why is it important <laughs> to you? Uh, is it something that came natural, or uh, did you perfect your art? Um, it's something that I did have to perfect. Okay, but it also again ties back to everything that I do. I want to stand out. I wanna. I want to be apart from everybody else. I want to create. Uh, 
controversy in a conversation. That's the fun, that's the funnest way to put it. I want to create controversy and conversation because if you look different and dress different, you become a standout person in a room. Then it's like, let me go talk to him. And then when you talk to him, you realize, oh my God, he actually has a personality, mm-hmm. right? So I was mm-hmm. wearing some crazy stuff. But that was stylish. I was trying to keep yeah. up. Did was, you did you get to get with somebody? Be like, all right, help me with colors. No, absolutely. You kind of had the natural. No. I literally was doing my research, looking at what's trending and figuring out how to do it differently. So mm-hmm. what was what everybody was wearing mm-hmm. the Jordans back in the day was me wearing Chelsea boots. You know, like everybody wearing the 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 Jordan ones or the Nikes and the and the Adidas and stuff was me wearing loafers and freaking slip-ons and mm-hmm. and cowboy boots because I didn't want to look like everybody else. Right, I wanted right. I wanted it, it, it makes believe it or not, it makes such a simple conversation. Now in Nashville, mm-hmm. if you ask anybody like if they know who I am, they're going to tell you, "Oh, the kid that dresses really well everywhere." Mm-hmm. Because I didn't I I overdress everywhere that I go. Because it creates a conversation. When I, I mean, that's why I, I reached out. I'm like, look, hey, that's kind of cool. Let's like, see what he's up to. You know? And you had the personality that was very, you know, welcoming, you know. Nashville's a networking town. So so it's interesting. I forgot to wear my watch, but I have this watch, and it's called E1. Mm-hmm. You should check it out. And it's it's magnetic. It's got this little ball that rolls around, and... I can't tell you the amount of times when I wear it, how many conversations, because it's not the smartwatch. Exactly. It's not, it's like people haven't seen it. Like, what is that? You know, and I love it. It's like, I cannot wear it for a few days because it actually, it's not working now, but it's still, it's more of a time piece. Yeah. You know, but it, speaks to that of how you just wear a watch to something different and how many conversations it creates that I've had because that of that. Simple. You know, it's pretty cool. I think that's what's helped me. Like I go out all the time and when I'm super dressed up, then you have all these brands that want to work with you. You have mm-hmm. people coming up to you all the time saying like, Oh, what are you wearing? And then that's promoting mm-hmm. brands. Mm-hmm. And then it again creates a conversation. All like, right. Everywhere that I go out now is just like damn, you always look really good. Oh, damn, you always look... Because it's so important. Right. It's, it's a marketing strategy. Right, right. Right? Like, people... To some people, it's like, yep. you're, you're doing too much. But it, it helps. It mm-hmm. works. Like, it's literally networking because it creates that conversation that lets somebody come up to you. And then, look, that person seems to be an artist that wants to come onto your podcast and just like that. Well, and it's, and it's too, it's like, because you're studying it, now you can go and be the influencer. Exactly. Or you could be like... Hey, I want to hire you to, you know, promote our attire, you yep. know, or whatever. And it's like, yeah, it naturally again happens. It's definitely paved its way over time. Like as as I've gotten older, yeah, and gotten more money in my pocket. Older, twenty four, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So how do you uh, how do you go about deciding what you're doing next in life? Uh, do you just which you kind of spoke to this too? I was thinking of this question when you were talking. Um, do you just knock? Um, let's see. Do you just knock and see if the door will open, or sit back? Enjoy the current season and wait for another door to open. Hmm. Good question. I think I would say it's a little bit of knocking. I go figure out, you know, if if the thing about me and the biggest this is the biggest bad thing about me is that my accomplishments are never enough for me. You know, like I've never been the person that was excited about graduating high school, graduating college. You know, like I, I feel like. Mm. To, to do those things, all you have to do is show up and do it. Mm-hmm. You know, those aren't really things that you have to go after and really get because you just got to show up to school and do the work. You know, so like graduation to high school. To some people, I get I, I know it's different. This is no right. disrespect to, to people that, you know, are really excited about those graduations and stuff. But to me, it was just like you apply yourself, things get done. 
right? Now in the real world, that's not how it works, right? So like if you're going to go knock on people's doors in the real world, you got to have some reason for why they right. you deserve to be there, right. you know? So for me, it's like when I see the people around me, no matter how much I've done, I still feel like I haven't done enough, mm-hmm. right? So when you when you ask if there's what's next, it's like just continue to elevate myself to the point where I can go put myself in front of anybody and be beneficial towards them. You know, so like what's next is continuing to to be a voice Mm -hmm. for myself. Right. Like I I, I don't want to compare myself to a Bobby Bones because I want to be a Bobby Bones, but I also want to be a Nick Cannon. But I also want to be a Ryan Seacrest. And I also want to be all these different people. Right. But in one. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I have this different approach that I'm taking, you know, like Bobby Bones and the Ty Bentleys and the Sean Pars, those are all white radio hosts and country music, right? Mm-hmm. You have the Nick Cannons and all those other people that are black doing hip-hop, rap, right? I have never met another African-American radio host that's just passionate about the media space. Mm-hmm. And correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think I've ever heard of any other one that is that is so passionate about the music and not the money and not the fame. Right, right, You know right, what I'm saying? Right. So even around town when people know that's what mm-hmm. you're after and they like I appreciate they they'll tell me like I appreciate you really caring about the music. Well, and I think that too that's where people have to make sure they get to know you because someone could from outside just going, "Oh, he's just trying to be different or Absolutely. whatever." Um yet yeah, yeah. I, I think that's I think once they talk to you they'll see that no, it's just a passion, you know. Which is the breaking stereotype. Yeah. So well, and I, actually I was I was I was thinking, and I said that because I think that's where again it'll just naturally happen. Exactly. Because again, if if it wasn't a passion, you, I don't think you'd be successful. Exactly. As as successful. Exactly. Much, you know, you can only push so hard, then you burn yourself out. You exactly. Know? Well, and I was thinking too, as you were talking about the bad side to what's next. Do you make sure that you do enjoy the current season as well? You know, yeah, and enjoy yeah, those you know, accomplishments. You know, like I said, because you know, being being younger, it's like you you've been forced into this fast moving industry. And you're one of the lucky rare ones, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, that's something that I cannot take for granted. And it's a blessing every single day um, to be in the vision that I am. Um, so I do, I definitely do enjoy, where I am now, I'm enjoying more than than I have ever in life. Like, yeah. this is just, because you know how hard you've worked. You know mm-hmm. what you have to overcome to be here. Um, and then you get a little bit of money in your pocket. So it's just like, it's a little bit, now you're living comfortably. Right. Also, right. while being able to have fun and also still being as laid back, but now you're getting paid to go do what you love, mm-hmm. you know? And for, for people, that's what they wait a long, long time for. And I'm 24, right, 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 right? right? I caught a really, really early break for doing what I love mm-hmm. and literally, like, not saying it just because I'm saying it. Like, right. this is the, going to ACMs, doing the Amazon stuff, CMA Fest. Like, that's stuff that I'm getting paid for right. to go do. Like, right. that's what everybody would love to do. Right, right. And then when you see, like, older people coming to you for advice, that's when you know that you're doing something mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm 100 percent enjoying what's going on right now. But mm-hmm. I'm also thinking where right. I want to be three years. And from you got to do that. You got to find that balance. So also um, thinking of social media. Um, so you're a young guy growing up in social media and you have always had it. Right. Yeah. Um, how do you make sure you do not let it control your life? And I would even say with with a media personality, like your job is that. So not only do you have to go, all right, I got to have a life outside of that. Mm-hmm. And so there's there's a temptation to be drawn into it all the time. But you also even have more of a justification because it's your work too. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. like, how do you 
balance that um, and not being so consumed. I personally think for anybody that has made it in the real world that um, is on social media is basically is basically just, it's just a Dropbox for content. That's what that's the way I'm gonna explain it. So like you have all these TikTokers who are famous because of TikTok, mm-hmm. right? And you have people that are Instagram famous because of Instagram, right? What I'm doing is real world relevancy, right? Mm-hmm. So that means everything that I have on social media is just dropping right, shit right. that people see that I'm doing, right? I don't ever put my main focus on social media because I don't care what people see on my social media because what I'm doing in the real world is things that other people are not doing. Right, right. So right. I can I can sit on 500 followers on Instagram but be really at the red carpet at the ACMs, mm-hmm. which one's more relevant? Right. You know, some Instagram followers of random people that are all over the place or what you're doing in the real world that's actually really impacting your career, right? So I never, social media has never controlled me, right? I knew where social media was going, so I hopped on it early and just continued to keep up with it. Mm-hmm. But it has never really, I, it's never controlled me. And I think okay. that's a lot, that's a lot for even artists that are big now. That's why they don't control their own social medias because right. it's just a Dropbox right, of stuff right. that, that makes people sense. can pay attention to that seems like, oh, this, this, he just did a concert and this, this, and this. But when you're actually at the concert seeing like an artist really perform, that's when you're seeing the actual person, mm-hmm. not social media. Right. So, right. but I think for TikTok specifically, that is the only platform that I think controls people because people are making a living off of TikTok. Right. 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 If you're making a living off of TikTok, then you have Instagram that also has, you know, you have stuff there too. But your main biggest thing is TikTok that's paying your bills. Right. Which is all crazy. There's so many avenues there. Yeah. I think life is truly about finding a balance. I don't think you often sit in a balanced state, but are always being self-aware if you are leaning too far on one side how important do you think that is in life and how do you think one goes about striving for balance balance Oof. in the entertainment space you gotta you gotta make a decision <laughs> you gotta make a decision I, you, you don't have to make a decision but it's uh balance comes with how hard and how bad do you want it mm-hmm. that's what balance is in the entertainment space if you want to balance it to feel comfortable then you're going to do what's comfortable and consistent. If you want to balance it because you want to really put yourself out there, you really want to make moves in such a short amount of time, you're going to give up a lot of time, a lot, a lot of time. There was times where, you know, like you said, you were doing so much in college. I, When I moved out here, I was serving 11 to 5, Monday through Friday. Then I had a podcast right after work. And then it was having to be up early in the morning, but also having to go network at night and be out till two, three o'clock in the morning, right? To what others is partying is to you is networking, mm-hmm. right? So when it comes to balance is you taking up on these projects. Hey, Rodney, can you DJ this place? Yes, right? So you DJ Saturday night from seven to 2 a.m., Sunday morning church, and then Sunday chill, Monday back 11 to five after, like it's about how bad you want it, mm-hmm. right? You can, you can be comfortable, and just work, you know, your your regular job and then just come home and I need my me time and all that stuff. That's fine. Right. Like that, no disrespect to anything like that. Right. But if you want it, you will go get it. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the biggest thing my mentor has told me since moving to Nashville. That's the biggest thing that I've learned in Nashville is that it, Nashville is about how bad you want it. Right. And if you want it, you better go after the, you better go after it and get it because Nashville's not step up and Nashville's take it. not going to sit here and wait for you right. to be ready. 
So do you have a political uh, channel that you do all the media on and follow all the politics of everything? No. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, he said politics. Uh, I was like, no, no, no. I don't know anything about politics. I don't know. I was like, please don't go there. <laughs> Uh, that's good. That's good. That that was a good answer right there. Um, all right. So let's give a shout out to your sister. Um, it seems that you are one of her biggest fans. Absolutely. Tell me how she has inspired you. Um, she's inspired me by being a, a, a role, a figure, um, a model in life. And that ties back into everything that I'm doing now. Like being able to be something that your sister is proud of. Or your siblings, sorry, is proud is proud of is. Do you have more than no? One, it's, it's just okay. me and her. Yeah. You know, like that's why we're so freaking close. Mm -hmm. um, What's your age difference? Three years. Okay. Three years. Uh, it, it doesn't look like it because she's six four. Yeah. But uh, you know, just something that six four. Wow. Yeah. Just just being something that she's proud of is very very important. Again, I chased a whole different dream from the family. My dad was a professional basketball player. Okay. And then my sister's now a professional basketball player. Um, so, you know, growing up, I always wanted to be chased that different dream, mm -hmm. you know, and I knew I would struggle with not trying to keep up with my sister, but, you know, keeping her respects as far as everything that I was doing. Um, so every year that I knew I wasn't, or every time that I wasn't making a progression in my status, I knew I had to work a little bit harder because again, I'm not trying to keep up with my sister, but I know like her future was kind of guaranteed. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. she was a, she was a star and mm -hmm. everybody knew she was going to be a star. So me going into an entertainment space, that's so world, that's so big. It's such a big, big area to be in. I knew I was going to have to bust my ass. Mm -hmm. Right. So that challenged me in the family and outside of the family to be that big, big role. So now everything, everything about what me and my sister do challenges each other. Mm -hmm. um, it is interesting how siblings really could be that big, big impacting factor, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I remember watching a documentary on Jordan, and it was you think I'm like, man, if if his brother wasn't in the picture, because I believe his dad was, you know, didn't give him as much attention or something like yeah, that. But yeah. it was a brother element that really said, man, I'm gonna beat him, and then look at what he does. Exactly, you know, this is ridiculous. All right, so from the great words of Paul in Timothy 4, 7, I've fought the good fight, I've finished the race, I've kept the faith. When your journey's over, what legacy are you hoping to leave? You know, you got a lot of legacy, hopefully, to yeah. you know, build, but yeah. To just inspire. Inspire, break stereotypes. I, I, I mean, I love, I love that you said that. It's just, it, really, it just really sticks to everything that I have done, but it's literally to inspire. I've gotten messages from all sorts of people just saying like, I never felt comfortable wearing cowboy boots mm. and you made it easy. You know, there, it, from from blacks to whites to bigs, like to everybody has mm -hmm. just been like, you've inspired me to be your own style of country. Cause that's that's what I am. Like, mm -hmm. like people on my TikTok, cause I do a lot of getting dressed videos and I wear not skinny jeans, but slim fit jeans with right. my boots. And everybody's always like, you're not country. You can't do that. You can't wear skinny jeans with boots and you need to get longer <laughs> pants, blah, 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 blah. And every time it's just funny because I continue to make those same videos and it's inspiring. Like you have some people that are like, dude, where'd you get those jeans? And you have other people like, what the fuck right, are you right, wearing? Right, right, right? right. And it's just, that's, that's what I love. Controversial and a conversation. Well, and you gotta be comfortable in your skin and knowing what you're doing yeah. and not let, others influence you because i mean i can imagine with all that you know as i've said everybody has an opinion and someone's always going to have a different opinion on something you know exactly so so go back to what you were saying i mean to ins to inspire yeah just to inspire break stereotypes and continue to be a voice that is the three things that i hope to do and those are really 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 vague um answers but 
I mean, when you look in depth of everything that's going on and mm-hmm. the, the difficulty mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. of certain individuals, like those answers are way deeper than you know people right. think. Right. You know, depending on who it's coming from, right. it, you know, it has different depths, but to inspire to break stereotypes and to be a voice <coughs> well, is what I strive to do. Yeah, and I, I really, I do think that it takes a continuous effort at, well, again, it's like being yourself, which hopefully that is breaking stereotypes. You know exactly. what I mean? So you're not naturally whatever else is, because if, I mean, that's always going to be how big stereotypes going to be. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, yeah, I think that's pretty cool. All right, so your ride left, uh, so I don't know how you're getting home. <laughs> I could take you home. It's my third vehicle you, that yeah, I lost yeah, today. <laughs> see, you could just sleep in here, right? Um, all right, so I'll ask you this real quick. Uh, the Nashville Real Estate Minute or few. How long have you lived in Nashville? Two and a half years. Um, and what you already said, what made you choose Nashville? The doors just kind of opened up for there, you, right? Yeah. Yep. God, God puts you in um, the right path. Yeah, yeah. And that was, you know, you, you. I'm assuming God was definitely in part of that equation as well, 100%. you know? What advice would you give to someone looking to move to Nashville? Don't come here if you're not ready to work. Okay. I tell you that. Don't come over here and think that you're going to sit around Nashville and just wait for something to get handed to you or you're going to do a, like a, a side job just for the time being but not actually put the work into what you really want to do. Mm-hmm. No. Don't come to Nashville if you're not ready to put the work in because – Everybody, you hear the same thing all the time. I'm here as a singer songwriter. I'm here as a singer songwriter. I want to do music. Blah blah blah. Okay, we get it. But what makes you different? Right. What's gonna make you stand out? How are you gonna get there? If you're gonna tell me, oh, I haven't figured that out, you're wasting your time being here. You're wasting expensive rent. <laughs> like right. just, there's literally no point. And it's going so, up yeah, by the day. It's getting worse. All right. So how can listeners connect with you and find your great content? Radio Rod on all platforms. Two D's okay. at the end. Radio Rod. Very simple. Radio Rod. It rolls off the tongue, too. Everybody tells me to keep the name, even though yeah. like, I'm not even in radio anymore. And they're like, right. you have to keep the name. It's like, it's you. Social Rod. Yeah, nah, nah. it's not going to work. I'm going to leave Radio Rod because my uh, end goal is to have my own show. Okay. So, because when you have your own show, you can still host at the same time. So right, right. That's cool. my goal. Awesome, man. Well, thanks for your time. I think uh, that wraps it up. Perfect. All right, man. I hope you enjoyed getting in here Rodney's story and looking forward to what he has in the future going on for him. And remember, not being normal is okay, and a lot of the time it is very freeing. I am often called crazy or told something I am doing is not normal, and honestly, I love it. I don't want to be normal. Maybe sometimes, but not always. Who wants to be normal when you can be different? I think Rodney spoke to a lot of that, and I think you will see his name and face in the media world going forward. He has big goals and ambitions, and I think with his drive, he will make it happen. Make sure to tune in to the next episode. I'll be hanging out with Jonathan Farrow. Jonathan is a recording artist, actor, entrepreneur, and philanthropist. He was born in Sicily and has an amazing story of coming up from a very humble beginning to making it pretty big in the music industry. You don't want to miss that interview. Thanks again for tuning in to Nashville Untold. And as always, thanks for tuning in. Uh, If you have a minute to subscribe, go for it. Uh, Also, feel free to share it with your friends and family or social media. And also, leave a review. And if you're looking for a realtor in the Nashville area or a realtor in your local area, I have connections of uh, putting you in contact with people. Um, If you have any needs of buying, selling, or investing, 
feel free to give me a shout. That's what I do. That's my full-time gig. Anyways, hope you have a great rest of the day.